good to be here, and uh, we're thankful for the opportunity. Do pray, pray for the church finances. Pastor's down in lost wages. He's trying to double the uh, offering for last week. Amen. So pray for red, you know. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I do appreciate the opportunity to be here and each of you being here. Amen. And uh, I do, uh, do uh, never take it for granted. It's always such a honor, such a privilege. Be, uh, uh, one other thing I could ask you to pray for is on Saturday morning, uh, I'll be taking 200 Christmas stockings into the South Fork Forest Camp. We'll be passing out to every, every inmate there at the camp up in uh, Tillamook Forest. And then we'll be having a service. There's 200 men there. And we're praying that we'll have uh, come, many come to know the Lord. We're praying for a, a good, uh, good turnout for that. So that'll be Sunday morning, uh, and uh, and uh, or Saturday morning. I'm sorry. At, at nine, uh, ten o'clock, we pass out the stockings. So to be in prayer for that for us, as we uh, we've got them all stuffed and ready to go. It's very exciting. It's our first time. So uh, for us to just kind of lead the lead the, the the push on that. So we're very. Very excited about that. We were at, uh, I was at uh, uh, Donnelly Long Center on last uh, last uh, Sunday night. We had uh, we had a uh, Christmas stocking revival there, and uh, we were able to see there were about 20 young people that raised their hand. We think probably half of those were just reassurance of salvation, but we believe about 10 of them were were brand new, uh, saved young people, and so we're very thankful for that. And then. We had a Christmas uh, stocking revival on Tuesday at, uh, at uh, McLaren. We saw four saved there. So it's been a very uh, fruitful time of year to uh, give people the gospel. Any, good, any time of year is a good time, amen, but Christmas is especially uh, good, especially when you're dealing with people that maybe aren't where they want to be at Christmas. Maybe they didn't get what they wanted for Christmas. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes you don't get what you want for Christmas. This is... I wish my son was in here because he could hear it. But uh, sometimes you don't get what you want for Christmas. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean you can't be uh, merry and bright. Life doesn't always serve you up what you want and what you're expecting or what you're anticipating uh, for Christmas. I remember, uh, I remember my brother uh, many years ago uh, when, we, when we were young. I grew up in a, uh, my mom, my, my father went out for a pack of cigarettes when I was about three and never came back. Uh, and so my mom grew up, uh, we were, grew up in a single, a single uh, parent family, and, uh, but my, uh, my father came back for Christmas one year, I remember that Christmas, because I got the Ford Apache Cowboy and Indian set. It was something, I mean, it was something, this thing had cowboys and Indians, as you can imagine, but there was also Ford Apache and a teepees, and uh, there was horses, and did I mention there were cowboys and Indians? I mean, it was something. I, I, I looked it up on eBay, 175 if I hadn't have blown that up for the 4th of July. I could have gotten some <laughs> money for that thing, uh, but that's what I got for Christmas, and I was pretty excited about that. Now, my brother, he has been a lifelong uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings fan. I mean, he just, lifelong Minnesota Vikings fan, God rest his soul, and, uh, uh, but my father was a lifelong uh, Green Bay Packer fan, so you can imagine uh, how that went, and, and my, my brother had a a better relationship with my father. He's five years older than I am, so he'd spent more time in the home uh, with my father. And so uh, they had a, a better relationship. Uh, they knew one another better. And I remember that year, there was a big deal because uh, they were uh, in the stores and in the Sears catalog, the Monkey Wars catalog. Uh, they had, a, uh, they had a, uh, a football helmet, jersey, and, and football set. So you got the, uh, there was a Viking football and a Viking helmet, and a Viking jersey, and 
And, uh, and man, my, my older brother, he, he wanted that. That was the thing that he wanted. And, and this was the year that uh, our father had come, come by for Christmas and had brought some presents. And sure enough, there was a football-shaped uh, wrapped present for my brother and a helmet-shaped wrapped present and a little kind of a shirt box. And, and, and my brother was sure what he was getting. And he was so excited uh, that his father had finally come through. And, and this is going to be the, the, the year for him. And he ripped that thing open. And it was the Green Bay Packers football and jersey and helmet. Now, mom, being a good mom, snapped a picture of him sitting in that thing, uh, sitting on the couch. It was, this, it was the picture of I didn't get what I wanted for Christmas. 30 years later, we're looking through a Christmas album or a, a picture album with my brothers. And when we came to that picture, he got so mad he had to get up and leave the room. I mean, he was mad. We... Uh, uh, at my father's funeral, he stood up to speak for the family, and he told the story of how he didn't get his Minnesota Viking uh, helmet. And sh- Why? Because he was disappointed. And that seems something silly to be disappointed, but disappointments have a way of staying with us. They have a way of sticking with us. And, uh, and that, uh, that memory caused a, a bit of bitterness in his heart. Now, my brother, they worked it out. And, and uh, in the waning years of my father's life, he was, uh, my brother was able to take him to a game at Lambeau Field. with uh, 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 I think the Minnesota was playing the Packers. And he got tickets and flew my, flew my uh, father up. And they managed to reconcile over that thing and have peace with the past. So, but I'm just saying tonight, life doesn't always give us what we want. Christmas doesn't always bring the thing that we wanted. Last year, we were at the Donnelly Long Center, and I had a chance to sit down at a table with a young man who was sitting alone and very dejected looking and picking at his pizza. And I sat down at the table with him, and and, uh, finally I got him to talk a little bit because he just kept saying, I don't like pizza. I hate pizza. I hate cold pizza. That's what I want for Christmas. So I got him to open up a little bit, and he said this to me. He said, my dad drunk himself to death. My mom's a, a needle junkie. Why did God give me these kinds of parents? He said, what have I done to deserve to be locked in a cage? And why would they take me from my foster home and put me in shelter? I'm not an animal. What have I done to be locked up? He was 14 years old. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of answers for that. I really didn't. I didn't, I didn't feel I felt totally inadequate to be talking about the fall of man and the sin nature and free choice because that really wasn't what he wanted to hear because life isn't always fair it's not always fair it's not always just it's not always equitable sometimes life demands things of us that we don't want to give it's very easy to look at god and say hey god what's up i mean what gives here it's easy to start to take our matters into our own hands and and uh, we see in the Christmas story, there were several characters there that didn't get what they wanted for Christmas. We have Herod, and the Bible tells us that uh, things weren't going his way. Here he is sitting, and they're bringing, uh, they're bringing gold and frankincense and myrrh, and he's thinking, oh, man, they're bringing the gifts for the king. <laughs> I'm excited. They're bringing this for the king. And they said, hey, we've got some gifts for the king. Where is he? Herod's like, huh? And they said, no, 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 the other king, king of the Jews, the baby. We want to see him. The Bible tells us in that passage that Herod was troubled, and he troubled all Israel with him. 
See, he had troubles, and he was the kind of guy that troubled other people when he was troubled. He troubled other people when he was troubled. He started to uh, threaten and demand things. If you read it in the passage, we're not going to spend a lot of time there tonight, but I just want to kind of reference it. And then he began to manipulate people and tell little lies and kind of run a little con game on the wise men to try and get them to do what he wanted. And in the end, he got bare knuckles about it. Didn't care who got hurt. He didn't get what he wanted. And he ended up destroying a lot of innocent lives because he didn't get what he wanted. I think sometimes I find a little Herod in me. Amen. When I'm troubled, I tend to trouble other people. When I'm troubled, I tend to start demanding things. And when I'm troubled, I tend to start to try to get my way and, and maybe sometimes step on people that don't necessarily need to be stepped on. There's also in that story, and you know the story, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to reference it, but there was Joseph in the story. He didn't get what he wanted. He was looking forward to a pretty bride and a wedding night and a new wife and all these things that he was expecting for Christmas. And you'll remember that Joseph, when, when he found out he wanted to get just treatment for Mary, he wasn't so much as concerned about himself, but he, he wanted to do right by Mary. And, and uh, he didn't get what he was expecting, but he tempers his response. And rather than getting vengeance or making a scene, we know the story, he wanted to do things privately, put her away privately. We know that. And, and, uh, and uh, he was more concerned about uh, her than the wrong that had been done him. But Joseph wanted, wanted what was right. He was concerned about the well-being of the person that had wronged him and the consequences that she was facing. He tempered his response. And as you know the story, he didn't just let loose with his anger. He didn't just unload on people. He thought it through, and the angel told Joseph, Hey, Joseph, this isn't about you. This is about the Savior of the world. You can't react to the wrong because the salvation of humanity was riding upon it. Somebody's salvation is riding upon how you respond, Joseph. And a lot of times I think we forget that in life. We forget that, hey, uh, our testimony matters and how we respond to things. People are watching and our kids are watching. Our families are watching. Our spouse is watching. Our neighbors, our coworkers are watching. When things go wrong in our lives and we, we, we don't get what we want and how do we respond? It's a scary thought that you're the best Christian that somebody's ever going to know. I'm the best Christian that somebody's going to ever know. We're the only Bible that somebody will ever read. It's a terrifying and sobering thought. But Joseph just did what God asked him to do. We know the story. He just did what God asked him to do. He said, this isn't something I would choose. It's not something that I really wanted, but it's going to turn my life upside down. I'm going into the witness relocation program down into Egypt, and, and this isn't really what I want. But Joseph was obedient. He said, I'm going to trust the Redeemer. So he had Herod, who, who, uh, who just was a bull in a china shop when he didn't get what he wanted. You had Joseph, who was, uh, had a great testimony when he didn't get what he wanted. But I want to look at one other person that really didn't get what they wanted for Christmas tonight. We'll be in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. 
Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. I want to preach on this subject tonight. Mary didn't get what she wanted for Christmas. Mary didn't get what she wanted for Christmas. Let's pray. Father, thank you for each one who's here, Lord. And I do pray as we look at these thoughts just briefly tonight, Lord, as we consider the disappointments that come into our lives and sometimes the things that you ask of us, Lord. I pray that, Lord, we would uh, think those things through and perhaps we would be willing to answer as you would, Lord. Do it unto me. So, Lord, I do pray that you would bless us tonight. Work in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we see Mary, who is without a doubt a godly woman. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. She's full of faith. After all, when God was looking for a mom for for his son, he picked her. I mean, think about that for a second. When God was looking, the, the God of all creation looked down and was looking for somebody that would, to raise his son, and God picked this young lady named Mary. And that's some high credentials. I mean, that's p- some serious credentials. Uh, uh, look again what it said in verse 28. The angel came under and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And that's some solid cred right there. I mean, that's some serious uh, 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 credentials from God. He, first, he says you're highly favored. God picked you out of the bunch. That's a pretty high honor. When God calls you to do something, by the way, and he picks you out of the bunch and says, hey, I need you to do this for me. I need you to do this work for me. I need you to uh, uh, do this task for me. Uh, that's, that's, some high, that's some high favor. That, that's some high favor. That's a high blessing. That's a high honor. When the God of the universe calls you to do something for him, that's a big deal. Sometimes we look at the things that God has called us to do. We look at, well, it's just some uh, uh, yard maintenance or it's just mowing the lawn. Hey, that's some high favor, amen. That's some, that's some high praise. Sometimes, well, I'm just ushering. I'm just this or I'm just working on the earth. Hey, that's a high honor. The God of the universe has called you to that. That's an amazing thing. When you're called to serve, called to be a witness, called to give, called to be a blessing, that's a high honor. That, that's a big deal. And the angel shows up and says to Mary, hey, you're highly favored. That's a ringing endorsement. Notice next he says, the Lord is with thee. Now that's quite a misstatement. That's quite a statement because the implication is, is that she's walking with God. The Lord be with thee. The implication is that this is a woman that walked with God. She had a prayer life, a life of devotion, a spirit of service and sacrifice. She was a familiar face to God. She was a familiar place. She was somebody that God knew well enough to trust his son to her. That's a pretty close relationship. We got moms in here. We got dads in here. You don't just trust your kids to anybody. You know, just, uh, you know, maybe after you had three or four, you know, ah, please take them. But, I mean, you know, that first one, this is only begotten here. This is like the eldest, man. You don't just trust that one. That one you take care of, amen. You make sure they're with the right people. 
That's close relationship if God looked down and said, hey, I can trust this girl with my son. That's an amazing thing. Third, he says, you're blessed among women. In other words, you're the cream of the crop, the best of the best. God looked out throughout the earth to find the very best, and he took her. This is coming from God. You're highly favored. God is with you. You're the best of the best. I think we could probably agree that Mary's a pretty good Christian. I think we could all say, raise your hand. Mary, good, yeah, good Christian, best of the best, highly favored, blessed amongst women. God told her, that's a pretty good Christian. Well, let me start with this statement. Being a good Christian does not stop you from being troubled by circumstance. Being a good Christian does not stop you from being troubled by circumstances. Sometimes when things don't go our way, they can be very troubling. And sometimes we think, well, if I'm spiritual, I should never be troubled. If I have faith in God, I'll never find things troubled. I'll never, I'll never be concerned. I'll never be fearful. I'll never be worried about things because I'm a Christian. But that's just not the case. Here's Mary, the cream of the crop, the best of the best, highly favored, walking with the Lord. And we see that she's troubled in verse 29. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what matter of salutation this should be. She was troubled, and that next phrase is cast in her mind. It's very interesting. It means to reason or to think. It's the, it comes from the same root that we get the word dialogue. So she's having this internal dialogue with herself about her circumstances. Ever find yourself doing that? She's having a conversation with herself. She's talking to herself about this thing, and she's finding it very troubling. She's having a troubling dialogue within herself. Have you ever noticed that when trouble comes, we tend to have dialogues in our mind about them? We have conversa- ever have a conversation in your mind with, with somebody you're having trouble with that you, you haven't said it to them, you're just having that conversation in your mind? We're having dialogues in our mind, oh, well, this is what I'm going to say, and you're just going right through it, you know, and you're running through that conversation, and sometimes that thing just runs and runs repeat it's like a it's like when the netflix movies just start back over amen it's just like keep running just keep running just keep running usually they're quite negative usually they're discouraging usually they're repetitive and we go over the elements of our troubles again and again and rehash and rehash and we look at them again and again that's what mary's doing here she's having a dialogue in her mind She's having an inner conversation, this inner dialogue. She was troubled, and she was doing what she was doing uh, it was what we do in running an internal dialogue with ourselves. And as I said, it's most often a negative and fearful conversation. Lisa Hayes, whoever she is, said this. Be careful how you're talking to yourself because you are listening. Be careful how you're talking to yourself because you are listening. Ann Bradford, I don't know who she is either, says this. Tell the negative committee that meets in your head to sit down and shut up. That was her point. (laughs) The Apostle Paul said it this way. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Somehow we think, oh, if I was only a better Christian, I wouldn't struggle with these things. But the reality is Mary's about as good as a Christian it gets, and she struggled with it. 
Uh, Paul wouldn't tell us that we've got a weapon to fight against those thoughts and wouldn't call it warfare unless he'd been in the battle a little while. Truly, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have been able to pen that had he not fought that battle. So being a good Christian doesn't stop you from being troubled by circumstance. Notice what the angel tells her next in uh, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 30 of Luke 30 through 33. It says this, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. He said, fear not, Mary. He reiterates that Mary's found favor with God. And that God's going to do some great things with her life. Which brings me to my next statement, which is simply this. Being a good Christian doesn't stop you from being troubled by God's call in your life. By God's call in your life. Sometimes we think, uh, uh, if I'm a good Christian, I shouldn't be troubled about what God's called me to do. I should be eager to do it. I should be excited and happy to do it. But notice, she is still troubled and fearful so much that the angel remarks on it and says, Hey, don't be afraid. Fear not, Mary. She was troubled by God's call. She was troubled by God's call. Fear is the natural reaction to the call of God in our lives. It's not just a natural reaction to our circumstance. She was troubled by this circumstance, but she was troubled by God's call as well. It's a natural reaction when God calls us to do things that we can find that to be troubling. See, sometimes we think God's call is going to take us in a direction we'd be excited to go. We think that God's call is something that's going to take us in a direction decided that we'd naturally go that way anyway like if god's calling me then it's going to be great it's going to be a life of ease in zion it's going to be a smooth sailing that's what we would like it to be we think oh i'm going to be filled with such great faith but that's not the case of any of the people in the bible when they got called by god i was thinking about gideon who's hiding out from the midianites in judges chapter six People are oppressed, and they've cried out to God. And here comes the angel of the Lord to Gideon in Judges 6. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Orpah, and that pertained unto Joash the Abizrite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? Where be all his miracles, which our father told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So here comes the angel to Gideon to tell him about what's going to happen. He starts to argue with the angel. Think about it. That's pretty gutsy. God's angel shows up and he starts to argue with him about his call. Verse 14, uh, Judges uh, 6, Then the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Hey, Gideon, didn't I, I'm sending you. This is, this is me, God, God's representative, sending you. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family's poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. 
So here he is arguing with the angel of God when God comes to call him. Oh, I don't know about that. I ain't got no money for that, God. I mean, who am I? What am I going to do? I'm just the run of the run of the run here. I'm poor. We're poor. We're low man on the totem pole. We got nothing. And God said, and the Lord said unto him, Surely I'll be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianite as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest to me. You know what Gideon's saying to God? He's saying, prove it. God, you better prove this, because if you don't prove it, I ain't going. I'm not going to go do this thing. Ever been there? <laughs> God's telling you to do something, you're like, Hey, you better give me a little more, <laughs> a little more than that, God. You better show me a little more if you want me to go do that, because I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like good advice. Why? Because we we're troubled at what God's calling us to do. I'm troubled, God, with what you're telling me to do. I'm troubled by the direction you're wanting me to go. I'm troubled by the things you're telling me to do. See, your word isn't enough, God. That's what Gideon's saying. Here the angel's speaking to him. He says, ah, that word isn't enough. The angel's there. He's like, eh, your presence isn't enough. You better show me something else. I need something else. I need a sign. You know, Gideon's entire ministry was filled with him asking for signs from God before he would move forward. He asked for one here, and when he gets it, he actually kind of freaks out a little bit. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I've seen an angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Gideon's freaking out, I'm going to die. He asked for God to do something. God didn't even, I'm going down. There's the big one, I'm going under. See, now I'm really scared. Because now I don't have any excuse not to go. Now I'm really troubled. And even after he gets the sign, he'll only obey God under the cover of night. He's still afraid. He asks for signs with the fleece, not once but twice. He's afraid to attack the Midianites. So God tells him, go down to the camp. I'll give you more assurance. I might call on your life. See, God was very patient with Gideon's fear. God was very patient with his trepidations to do what God called him to do. That's encouraging to me. Because sometimes I'm very fearful about what God wants me to do, too. See, God understood that Gideon was troubled and was afraid because of what God had called him to do. Mary was troubled at God's call on her life. The angel tells, him, tells uh, Mary, this is how it's going to go down, and this is what's going to happen. And she asked the question, uh, how's that going to all work out, God? Uh, I'm, not sure I, I'm not sure that's going to work. Luke one thirty four. then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I've known not a man, I don't know how this is going to all figure out, God. I hear what you're telling me to do and what's going on, but I don't see it coming together. She said, The thing you're telling me is troubling. It doesn't make any sense. I've known about the birds and the bees, and what you're saying just doesn't make any sense, and it's troubling. It's perplexing. I'm fearful. The angel tells her, don't worry about it. God's got this. Luke 1.37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. 
So being a good Christian doesn't stop you from being troubled by circumstance. Being a good Christian doesn't stop you from being troubled by God's call in your life. And next, being a good Christian doesn't stop you from being troubled by the consequence of obeying God. The Bible says in verse 38, Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So we see here Mary is willing to do a troubling thing. She submits to the trouble. <laughs> she submits to the trouble. She submits to this troubling call in her life, and she says, God, if you want me to do it, and you want me to go this direction, and this is clearly your will, then I will submit despite the consequences. And by the way, the consequences were severe. Mary's decision to follow the call of God uh, set in motion some pretty troubling consequences for her. It set in motion some things that would be very troubling for her and also troubling for the nation of Israel. It caused some trouble between her and her husband. Uh, it almost caused a divorce before they were even married. It caused some problems. There was, a lot of, there was a lot of trepidation. There was friction in the family. Hey, you know, sometimes when God calls you to do something, uh, it might cause some friction in your family. It might cause a little bit of, huh, I don't know about that, and a little bit of... <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I'm just going to get off that point. But, you know, Mary and Joseph were some good godly Christians, but they had some conflict over God's call in their life. It almost ended in divorce. I mean, that's, we, we don't think about it that way, but that's the reality of it. It caused some physical discomfort. She had to travel about 80 miles on the back of a donkey at nine months pregnant. She had to deliver in a barn. She went house to house trying to find a place to stay. And this was her hometown. These were her, her relatives. This was, this was Joseph and her relatives. They, they had to go back to the town that Joseph was born in. This is his family town. And they're like, uh, we heard about you guys. Uh-uh. Well, he brought scandal. She couldn't find a place to stay. Luke chapter 2, the baby's born, the shepherd comes, they see the baby, they go abroad and start telling everyone there's a Savior born. The king has arrived. Should be an exciting time, should be joyous, should be amazing, but Mary isn't so sure. Look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Like, I'm not sure that it's a good idea for Jesus to be receiving all this scrutiny so early. She pondered it in her heart. She wondered about it. It wasn't just a passing thought. She kept it and pondered it, troubled by the consequences of what was to come. They brought him to the temple after, she was, after he was born. People had been waiting their whole lives to see the child. Simeon is here, and he's excited, and he tells them many things. Look at it in Luke chapter 2 and verse uh, 33. Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold! This child is set for the fall and rising against the many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. See, it wasn't all good news for Mary. They're marveling about what's being said. They're being blown away, and Simeon says, uh, this isn't going to be all good for you, Mary. There's going to be some consequences you're not going to enjoy. It's going to be a sword through your heart. 
there's going to be some unpleasant consequences by you obeying the call of God. They're going to be troubling. You're going to have to flee for your life. It's a troubling consequence. All of uh, uh, Jesus' little cousins in town are going to die because of this troubling consequence. He's going to be spoken evilly about. You're going to be spoken evil of. He's going to be conspired against, beaten, spit upon, mocked, scourged, marred, and then brutally nailed to a cross, killed. And it's going to happen right before your eyes, Mom. There's some troubling consequences. You know, sometimes doing what God has called you to do can have some troubling consequences you may have to face. There might be some unpleasant repercussions in obeying God. We think sometimes if I obey God, it'll never produce any troubling consequence, but the reality is the opposite of that is true. Obeying God almost always brings troubling consequences. It almost always does. But we're still called to obey and have to be willing to accept the cost of obedience. Because there's a cost. Obedience to God is not going to be a walk in a park. If it was, everybody would be obeying God. Obeying God's not for the meek and weak. There's consequences involved. But it's still the best way. Because Christian, if obeying God has troubling consequence, just think what not obeying God has cost. The price is always much higher. Had Joseph and Mary not obeyed God, the consequence for us would have been hell. It was the difference between heaven and hell for all mankind. Mary's obedience meant the difference for between heaven and hell for all of mankind. You know, our obedience may mean the difference between heaven and hell for somebody. As I said earlier, you may be the best Christian someone else knows. Sometimes God calls us, hey, why don't you go be a witness? Oh, this is really not a good time for that, God. I mean, this is really not the place for that, God. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go. Well, there might be some consequences, God. God's saying, go, 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 go. Our obedience may make the difference between heaven and hell. And we have to be willing to take whatever consequences that come from obeying God. So let me just recap here. Maybe you're facing some troubling circumstances. Maybe you're troubled by the call of God upon you. Maybe you're troubled by the direction that you're being called to go. Maybe you're facing some troubling consequences because you answered the call. Can I say, you're not alone. You're not alone. It just says you're in great company. Because if you're in the company of Mary, you're in the company of Paul, you're in the company of Gideon. You're probably in some pretty good company. We'll remind the Lord in the face of troubling circumstance, troubling consequence, and a troubling call. Let's pray. Father, thank you for each one who's here, Lord.
And Lord, I do pray that we would be willing to be obedient, Lord, in the face of a troubling call. When we don't actually know how it's all going to turn out, Lord, when we're not certain, when we're not sure, when we're not, Father, just faithful about what's going to happen. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to face those circumstances with courage and with faith. And Lord, I pray that you would just... uh, Give us the courage to do right despite the consequences, Lord. Help us to be a witness. Help us to be a testimony. And help us to do what you've called us to do. Because, Lord, it's a a high honor to be called of you. And, Lord, we need courage if we're going to be obedient. So help us today, Lord, as we go our separate ways, especially in this Christmas season, to be people that... Don't balk when we don't get what we want for Christmas. But Lord, that we face the circumstances of life with faith and grace and courage as we go through it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, thank you for being here.